This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Monty Python's Life of Brian. Hold on, you can't just say the title. You gotta haggle first. (laughs) This movie came out in 1979, directed by Terry Jones, written by... Life of uh, the Monty Python people: Graham Chapman, John Cleese, Terry <laughs> Gilliam, <by> Brian, <laughs> starring the same people. Um, it's a Monty Python movie. I don't know. Is there anything else you want to stand out here? Is there somebody who's not a Monty Python person that's in this? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure who was playing Jesus in this. But yeah, I don't. I don't think that was a Kenneth Colley. I have no <laughs> idea who that is. Some blonde, blue-eyed, white guy. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Scott, this was your movie. What's your history with it? So, you know, I think we, well, we, at least me and Alex, um, kind of found out about Monty Python, like, around college. I don't know, Alex, when we did Holy Grail, what you said about that. But uh, uh, for me, uh, this this was like kind of on the heels of that. Um, I'd seen mm-hmm. Monty Python. I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta see this other movie, uh, and watched it at a friend's house. And uh, yeah, yeah, really enjoyed it. It's, it's been 20 years. Um, I, I think I appreciated uh, a lot more of the jokes this time around, and and didn't appreciate certain other things uh, that the <laughs> yeah the, the way the movie presents it's certain things. Um, but yeah, this is uh, the second time in, in many, many years uh, to, to watch it. Okay, Alex. Uh, randomly, I caught, like, this was over 10 years ago, but randomly, I caught, like, the end of the movie. And so the song at the end always stuck with me. Uh, but other than that, I didn't really know anything about Life of Brian until I watched it uh, a couple days ago. Okay. Uh, me, this is the first time I've seen it. I think I've, I've seen clips. Um, but my history of it goes back to, to, to when the Berlin Wall fell. Um, <laughs> we had a family friend that traveled to the United States after the wall fell down. And uh, it fell down. Yeah, the wall came seriously. down. And uh, he barely spoke in English. But what he did, my brother's name is Brian. And so he just, the only thing he knew about the word Brian was from this movie, Life of Brian. So he'd always just say that all the time. Brian of Nazareth. Yeah. And he just, you got to watch Life of Brian. And so I knew, that's kind of all I knew. I knew it was, then I looked it up, it was a Monty Python movie, which was my thing. Um, but yeah. And then that song at the end, yeah, I've heard that song before. I never knew it was part of this. So that was interesting for me. And that's it. So let's get into it. As usual, we talk about seven items from the movie. Scott, what's your number seven? Uh, so before we, we dig into number sevens, um, is, is anybody going to talk about um, some of the the, the not-so-subtle um, kind of Western imperialism, I guess <laughs> you'd call it here? Uh, the, the Romans were good and, and smart, and the locals weren't. Is that on anybody's list? 
No, because I thought they were, they were being f- stupid about it, but... Really, um, no, I'm not going to talk about it. Okay, I, I just want to get that out of the way. Like, it, it wasn't quite enough to make it uh, on my list be more of an honorable mention, but I kind of want to talk about it now. Uh, yeah, because there was some cringy stuff aside from that that was like, eh. Like, the whole, yeah, the whole they, joke about the, what have they ever done for us, and then they start listing the stuff. It's a funny joke, but it's not really that true. Um, and then, like, most... The aqueducts, though. They, the, the roads and the aqueducts, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and, and sanitation, but... Um, just the the idea that uh, yeah, it was it was awful to live that that time in the world. But every time you you see the Romans, they're always like uh, you know looking down on everybody around them, and they're they're better off. And at one point when they're breaking in the palace, the it's funny like the the two guards are just kind of shaking their heads um, as as the two groups running each other. And I will talk more about that later. But uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just felt like. Like they went beyond just dumb jokes. Um, there, there was kind of a, a, a theme there, um, which is funny because I don't think they're really at the heart of it, like really poking that f- much fun at um, at Christianity. Maybe like the trappings of religion more more than than an actual Christianity. But um, mm-hmm. uh, anyways, yeah. I just just wanted to get that out of the way. Um, just something that I've been it's been rolling around in my head. Uh, but anyways, so yes, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll be rambling on other things, but uh, my number seven, uh, to go ahead and start this, um, that would be the, the James Bond opening. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I thought the whole thing was cool, because it's really the only point in the movie where you get that kind of iconic uh, Terry Gilliam style, um, I guess, animation uh, yeah, that's that, animation. yeah, that 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 goes hand in hand with a lot of the Monty Python stuff. Um, you know, the movie just there's, there's really no room for it in the movie because it's it's more of a uh, I don't want to say serious, but um, it, it's it's more of a, a strongly constructed film than, than a lot of their other stuff. With you know, like getting a middle and end kind of everything just moves along. So yeah, there's there's no room for that. So it was cool to get that, and then I just you know Bond fan, I appreciate the whole thing. It was actually a, a it was a very good like spoof of that. Like it sounded exactly like Shirley Bassey. It wasn't. It wasn't her though, um, as, I, as I read in the trivia. Um, so yeah, I thought, I thought that was a really cool opening, and especially around this time period. When I think it was the the Roger Moores that were doing it. And there had been a lot of these movies, and you know the, the whole thing is is incredibly British. Um, so, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm I'm just gonna assume that the Jeff watched it subtitled. Um, Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that that'll be one number seven, the James Bond opening. All right, Alex, number seven. <laughs> My number seven. Well, first off, yeah, this movie wasn't as good as I was hoping. I think I hyped it up too much. And the other thing that, and this is all on me, the misconception that I had of the film was that I thought we were going to see Jesus and Brian's life go completely parallel, like almost like beginning to end. So I was thinking that, oh, Brian is either going to be like a bumbling fool and by accident causes, quote unquote, Jesus's miracles or and, and something like that. Or Brian is the actual miracle worker, but Jesus is somehow taking credit for yeah. his work. You know, I thought it was going to be some comedic uh, storyline along those lines. And nope, it's just like at the very beginning, they're both kind of close to each other and then they pretty much go their separate ways. So it was like, oh. Okay, so that kind of threw me for a loop. 
Yeah, I kind of I kind of remembered it yeah, being that me. way too, and yeah, I was surprised. Like, oh yeah, that really isn't the thing. Uh, in in the trivia, they said like an original draft or idea for the for the film was for Brian to be like a thirteenth apostle that somehow keeps missing like all the important events that's going <laughs> wrong around Jesus. So oh, like he's not there for the Last mean. Supper. He's not there for like the Sermon on the Mount. Like what whatever. Like he's 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 like always oh, manages to miss all that stuff. Like. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, I, mean, I kind of thought it too. I thought it was. I don't thought a lot more Jesus stuff was going to be in this. And you're right; there yeah. was like barely any because the very beginning, and then I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's in the crucifixion scene somewhere, but I didn't even. See <laughs> it. And yeah. then there was a joke about a guy, the leper, getting cured, and he's bummed because now he doesn't have a job. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. He's yeah. Dancing around, yeah. Um. 79, is that when, like, the Video Nasty era was going around and they were doing, like, really hard censorship on films in, in England? I don't... I don't know. ...know quite what you're talking about, Alex. Um, I do know from the trivia that this this movie was rejected and banned all over the place in, in, in Europe because of the religious underpinnings. Okay. Yeah, maybe that's why they shied away from the 13th Apostle stuff. And I do know that Hello Nasty was an album by the Beastie Boys. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, Hello Asty was a pilot in The Force Awakens. Not, really? Nothing, guys. That's a true story. Huh. Cause, uh, I mean, it makes sense because Abrams likes that. Yeah, he's, he's a big, uh, Beastie Boys fan. So. He likes them Beastie Boys. He likes, oh, the he likes them. Yeah. That's why BB-8's called BB-8. <laughs> And while they play sabotage in like every single Star Trek movie. Mm. Mm. Anyways, <laughs> my number seven. My number seven is aliens? Question mark. Yeah, it's my number seven as well. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's it's like not. I, I get it. It's a non sequitur. It's like out of nowhere, but it it wasn't funny. It was just weird. Yeah, I take it it was just like a jab at Star Wars since it came out <laughs> like two years prior. It was like, oh, let's add like a Star Wars, like a mini Star Wars spoof in this thing. It's like, okay. Like, it goes on for like five minutes. Like, the, I know. the joke at the end was funny. Yeah. You lucky bastard. <laughs> yes. That's what saved it for me was that. <laughs> just random dude. <laughs> Not like, holy shit, what happened? Just lucky bastard. Nah, not for me. But yeah, that's my number seven. Alright, well my number seven was the same thing. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Whatever, this is dumb. And with, I think, all of the Monty Python stuff, it they go on way too long. Like, if a joke hits, it's funny, and if they don't, they just keep going. For me, they, I think if it doesn't hit, you just sit there for like five minutes going, huh, they're still doing this, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and this was one of those scenes where I was like, huh. But like you said, at the very end... Yeah, it's just he did all that shit. And he comes back and lands in the same spot he would have landed, just but didn't hit the ground. Um, or he hit the ground, but in the wreck. And, you lucky bastard. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my number seven. Scott, number six. Uh, my number six is the gladiator fight. Um, <laughs> the children's matinee. Yeah, I, I, I always love gags that are kind of taking place in the background. Yeah, yes, the camera does focus in on the. The, the arena pit or floor quite a bit but it's really not the focus of what's going on in that scene and 
But just the way the guy starts running around the arena when he realizes the other guy isn't going to catch up to him. He kind of does that little, like, like a lot like Michael Palin, like you were just talking about when he's the, the cured leper. Um, just the way he's just, like, running around, like, so goofy uh, because it's happening in the background. It made me laugh. Um, so, yeah, the, the gladiator fight. Uh, in in toward the beginning in the child's matinee yeah yeah all right Alex number six my number six and I thought this was a weird choice and it it was jarring every time but in some instances when somebody was going to strike another person they would cut out the in between frames in the film so you kind of see the wind up and then the contact. But they would cut out the frames that would go in between to make it seem like it was a harder hit than it actually was. Uh, at first, it was uh, the first time I saw it was at the very beginning when that guy was threatening to punch his nose. You know, hey, big nose, why don't you keep your big nose out of it? That whole thing. And then he finally turns around and he belts his wife instead of the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's noticeable. Maybe it's because of my years of animation, but it's very noticeable to me that they cut frames and his fist jumps from the wind-up straight to her face. Like, maybe since they were doing, they wanted actual contact to the face, they would just slowly, like, throw their fist until it made contact and then push the face? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think... So there's no, like, strike? Yeah, I guess they just couldn't make it look good, so they just budged it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah, there was a couple instances of that. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I guess that's a thing. It's like, it's not a mistake because it happened more than once. Of all the things in this movie, this made your top seven list. Huh? This yeah, was... yeah, I've, 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 I've said it before, I'm always surprised the things Alex keys in on. <laughs> well, I noticed it. It's, very, it's still at the top of my mind. Speaking of the big no scene, or at least the first big no scene, is anyone else going to talk about that or no? No. Nope. Just I, I did like the fact that's another, I guess, the other G, one of the Jesus scenes, and yeah, like he's speaking on the hill, but they just zoom out and you can't hear him anymore. Like, what the fuck's he saying? Shut up! I just thought that was pretty clever. Like, <laughs> it's true. Listen, listen, are the cheese? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. All right. Uh, my number six is Dong. Um, I thought it was clever how like they you know they're they're doing the movie thing where they're hiding it the whole time. He gets up and you just can't see anything. He does this, you can't see anything, and he just opens the window and it's hello. I was I did a spit take. He's yeah, not not expecting doing... Dong to be hanging like that in 1979. Yeah, <laughs> in a comedy. No. Yeah. But yeah. especially because the fact they were hiding it the whole time, right? Yeah, the legs yeah. in front of it. They're doing he's. You know, the scene, you see his ass. Yeah, okay, that's typical. It's typical. He just opens the door. It's like, uh, yeah. and then my other dong is the biggest dickest stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, that's higher on my list. All right, that I won't say. Yeah, anything. Same, same. Uh, yeah that was great. Um, all right, uh, that's my number six. Oh, just oh. just a, a little bit of trivia on that. I, I don't know how apocryphal this is, but they, they from Michael Palin's diary on set or whatever that they, they when they start filming the scene, they're like, oh wait, he's He's very. He's obviously not. Graham Chapman's obviously not Jewish, so they had to like give him a rubber band to like make it look like. Anyway, well, he's Roman. <laughs> he's Roman. Yeah, that's right. He is Roman. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Scott, number five. Um, okay, 
Uh, my number five is uh, yeah the the biggest dickus. Um, I, I I do think like Jeff like you're saying that the joke goes on for maybe a beat too long, uh, but uh, just Michael Palin is is great here keeping the the straight face and uh, honestly Michael Palin's like the MVP of this movie. Like I felt like he was in yeah. almost every scene, uh, but uh, yeah the the big biggest dickus. Uh, just this is a dumb, dumb Latin joke, uh, and how everybody uh, can't can't understand why they think it's funny. Uh, the the uh, the the trivia for this was that they didn't tell the extras what was going to happen, but they were given ex- you know explicit orders to like not react to what Michael Palin was saying. So when they break and start laughing, the, the, supposedly like real, <laughs> they, they didn't know what was coming. Um, but yeah, the, the biggest diggest joke. Yeah, I don't know if Alex had more to say about it later, but uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I will. Okay. All right, Alex, number five. My number five, and I really like this gag, the, the running gag of the the people's front of Judea, or. <laughs> The front of Judea for the people, or whatever they were called. <laughs> that was great. At first, you know, when um, Brian approaches them in the, in the Colosseum, he's like, hey, fuck off. We're not the front of Judea for the people. We're the people's front of Judea. Was, oh, okay. <laughs> it was like, oh, that was a chuckle. But then <laughs> later on when they're sneaking into the, <laughs> into the thing, into uh, the palace to kidnap yeah. the... <laughs> pilot's wife <laughs> they run in with the other group he's like no we shouldn't be fighting each other we should be fighting our common enemy yeah the people's from <laughs> like, no no <laughs> you know, you know it's, it's it's funny so this came out in 1979 um it's it's like that joke's fascinating to me because i've been listening to a uh it's a pretty long-running podcast um about different re- revolutions throughout history and like the guy's that does it is, is doing his last one on the Russian one, and it's like 100 percent accurate. Like it's always like the the socialist Democrats, the Democrat socialists of Russia, like just slight variations, yeah. and they're all like mm-hmm. like basically on the same side, but they fucking all hate each other because <laughs> like, because of like some some of them have bigger differences than others, but yeah, it just. Some of them, yeah, do boil down to, like, very, very small, dis- like, differences, and then they just decide that, yeah, like, they, they just can't get out of their own way. Like, it's crazy listening to this stuff. Goo. But, yeah, I like that joke, that running gag. Pretty much from beginning to end. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number five is... An- this is one where, to their credit, it got better, each- funnier each time, and I don't know why... And I hated it at first was their stupid hiding. When they would just hide. <laughs> I, I like that joke. God, like I, at the beginning, like, it's just so stupid. And then by the end, I was like, God's genius. When all the Romans go in and then they don't, they come out. Oh, can't find them. And then they go back in again. <laughs> we found a spoon. <laughs> I don't know why the spoon made me laugh so much. I know. Same here. I was like, God, this is so retarded. <laughs> but I laughed. So... The stupid hiding in their little secret base there, whatever you're going to call it, is my number five. Scott, number four. My number four is related to number five, and that's the doomsayers that are outside. And, like, 
the they they scroll through and they're all I can't remember what they're saying, but it's all yeah like doom and gloom. And then it gets I think it's Eric Idle who's just like, and then yeah. your father will have a tool. <laughs> he'll forget where it is, and he'll be irritated. <laughs> like like just like it's like super mundane stuff of like losing your car keys basically. Um, that that was one of the biggest laughs for me was just the, how how mundane he was like the. Um, at that at the very end there, so yeah, the the last doomsayer is my number four. <laughs> no, I laughed too. The losing your tool that yeah. obviously happened to most of us as children. Your yeah. dad gets so frustrated. Your dad gets mad. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'll never forget the time I was over at Adam's house. We come home from school, and his room is destroyed. I mean, just everywhere. It looked it looked like the FBI was or somebody was you know ransacking his room for something. <laughs> Adam comes home and he's like, what the hell? His dad's like, I couldn't find my screwdriver or whatever it was. And he's like, yeah? So? I thought you took it. He's like, I didn't take it. He's like, oh, I know. I found it somewhere. I found it in the garage later on. <laughs> and Adam's like, you need to clean up my room. And he's like, don't have the fuck off and clean it up. It's like, oh, man, it sucks to be a kid and Austin to be a parent. That's all I got to say. Mm-hmm. I remember Adam feeling so gypped. And I'm like, yeah, you got gypped, but what you going to do? Anyway, uh, where are we at? Alex number four? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the haggling gag. Because that was like, for me, that was quintessential Monty Python comedy right there. He, he's, Brian's in a big hurry to get a costume. He's like, here. He's like, how much is that? It's 20. Okay, here. 20 drachmas or whatever. He was like, no, no. That's not how you do it. You gotta haggle first. What? <laughs> So he has to, the merchant has to force Brian to haggle. He's like, oh, I'll give you 19. No, no, you got to do it properly. 17, no. Uh, 10, now you're talking. 10, well, you're crazy. This is at least, this is worth at least 20 drachma. It's like, that's what I gave you. Uh, and that that's uh, probably my favorite joke. Just because it was so money python. I, I do think out of, out of all of them, like, Eric Idle... Is the best at being irritating. <laughs> so he's like the big nose <laughs> yeah. guy in the beginning. He's he's the guy here, where like he he has the the best kind of aggrieved irritation. Like I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. I will say, Alex, this is so you kind of nailed it. Except that's why I hate Monty Python movies. That was my least favorite scene. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was so. I don't get. I don't think it's funny. It was just annoying and just it just, it just made me it mad. I think that's why. Yeah, and that's why a lot of times, like, some Monty Python jokes hit and hilarious, and I think they're great, but for the most part, a lot of them don't. And that was one where it's like, God damn it, stop. stop. When are we going to get to the fireworks factory? So. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, my number four? four. Yeah, four. Is the biggest, dickest scene. Um, but, so you guys already named everything, but am I wrong and incorrecting when. Biggest Dickus is sitting over there on the thing, and he, he throws his leg in the air so you can see it. He's got like nothing down there. Like the, oh, I don't know if that was supposed, to, that. Did, supposed I, to be a I, joke. I did rewatch just to make sure because the way that the camera poses or he poses for the camera, yeah. I thought that we were, we were supposed to be something there. I'm like, nope, he's just wearing clothes. Like I don't think it was one way or the other. Like, yeah. I thought they were trying to hide it with some like kind of like that he has nothing. Down. Like Biggest Dickus is <laughs> non Dickus, yeah, unique. It was it was it was also a little bit jarring because I think that's the only time that Graham Chapman is recognizably playing a different character. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. He might have been um, like somewhere else in the movie, but that's the only time I remember him. Outside of Brian's. So. Yeah. Alright, well, so yeah, we already talked about the rest of the biggest dickus. Well, I think Alex may have more later, but um, mm-hmm. Scott, bit. number three. Uh, number three, so the whole uh, Messiah thing. Um, how the gourd and the shoe. <laughs> they all stop and take off one shoe and then uh, they're, they're trying to figure it out and then just for some reason there's just like an old man left and he runs off. But, uh, when they go up to the to the mountaintop uh, and <laughs> he's still in the pit and uh, he he tells him to, to fuck off and that, that kind of like stops him in their track and then John Cleese is great here. <laughs> he said, the way he says it how how shall we fuck off, oh lord? <laughs> uh, that that was probably the well not the my my number my number two and, and number one are I think funnier, but uh, this might have been the biggest laugh for me in the in the movie. Yeah, see, that was one of those ones that wasn't funny for me. <laughs> the fuck off part, maybe, but the whole the god, the shoot, I was like, oh god, stop. Anyway, Alex, number three. My number three is biggest dickest. <laughs> yeah, Idol sells it. <laughs> so, it's so funny when I say my friend's name, biggest dickest. Palin. Palin, yeah. Sarah's brother. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nalen Palin, am I right? Yeah. Uh... And I love that <laughs> towards the end, <laughs> he's his biggest, well, yeah, why don't you do some, some talking? And there he is, <laughs> biggest dickest, he's real. <laughs> I love that they brought him on as a character. Yeah, his, his wife, I love his wife's name, Incontinentia. Yeah, Incontinentia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do like how like he introduces them as like biggest, and then John Cleese's character talks for a little bit, and then like double takes, and... Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number three is the beginning and the whole three wise men thing. And this is where I thought it was kind of, oh, this is going to be like a bunch, you know, paralleling Jesus stuff and everything. And I knew, like, I thought where this is going was, yeah, they're going to treat this guy the whole time. Like he was, you know, give him all the stuff when really the Jesus was just next door. So I kind of got that joke. I'm pretty sure Jesus is right next door and they're misinterpreting him. But this one was the way they did it. Especially when they look over. They come in and just take all their gifts away. And they yeah. go outside and you see like the halos all, yeah, all, that, all that, over that there. That beat where they've left. And then all of a sudden they come back in again. <laughs> and then I think it's... I forget which one of them like pushes her down on the way out. <laughs> yeah. Her, so Terry off, Jones. Whoever's playing the the mom. Just, that's so annoying. I'm like, oh god, that's we're in Terry, for her Terry, Terry Jones, yeah. Oh God! And then, anyway, uh, yeah. They, and then they were oh they were gonna take back the which one did he like uh, the three gifts the, the balm mer- the myrrh yeah. So I was like oh maybe yeah. just taking that back and they all go back and take their shit and then, that was pretty funny. That's my number three. So Scott number two. Uh, number two is the the Latin grammar, uh, like. You know, we bring this up every time there's this yeah. that shows up in a movie, but um, it's spot on. It makes him go through the whole conjugation and declension, and it's it's all correct. Like, but he actually makes him do it with like the 
Aeus Us Unt and like yeah go like and he makes him put it like he puts the the proper grammar on it and oh god it, it, it was pretty I loved it this is my number one and I was, I was having flashbacks I was like oh <laughs> I never thought Dative would ever show up in a movie and they brought Dative yeah mm-hmm. not mean accusative <laughs> but it's it, it's all the crazy part is it's all like way like it's accurate it's not the usual like Latin yeah, bullshit Latin. that shows up in movies like they go through yeah. the whole like no no this is how you like break it all down yeah. and yeah he it's was doing imperative, it so it has to be this <laughs> yeah yeah oh god I couldn't have done that I was just like I was the whole time he was doing it I was like okay I would not have been able to how to I would not have for my memory have done what he did yeah, yeah. Um. All right uh, Alex number one number two my number two is Bride is the Messiah. Uh, that was great. My favorite part was when he's like, no, I'm not the Messiah. You've got the wrong person. There, you see, he is the Messiah. He's the, he's denying his own divinity. It's just what the Messiah would say. And he's like, all right, fine. I am the Messiah. He's the Messiah. <laughs> but I'm not the Messiah. What does, what does John Cleese say? Like, I, I think I would know. I followed around quite a few. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that yeah, that was good. And then his speech about you know you have to be different, and everyone just repeats everything the yeah, same. Make your own the one guy's like, "I'm different," or "I'm not different." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, my number two. Oh, it was already been said, but it was the the children's matinee. Just that subtitle got me, cracked me up. Um, also with everything that went on there but children's matinee just picking up the guts and, and the guy like goes like to take the ring off the, the <laughs> hand but he, he takes the hand I just can't get the ring yeah. off yeah. <laughs> alright uh, number one Scott uh, number one is the ending uh, like, same mo- mostly the song uh, mm-hmm. yeah it, it is funny that this Different groups of people come up that could, could, could potentially save him, and they all leave him there. Um, and he's he's rightfully dejected. Just him him yelling after the the Judean the, the people's the, I can't remember the <laughs> Jade Liberation Front, whatever they they call themselves. Yeah, um, you stupid bastards! <laughs> uh, yeah, the Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, then the Suicide Squad comes. And everybody runs away, and they just kill themselves and. The love interest, like, like, he's he's just like so like beyond caring at that point that he doesn't even try to correct her when when she tells him that that uh, he's decided to sacrifice. Or she appreciates that he's decided to sacrifice himself, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's mostly the song, just the uh, Eric Idle uh, wrote the song, and uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's such. Dark, dark humor. Uh, this this upbeat song uh, in the face of not not just adversity, but to to, to dying. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty brilliant. I, I feel. Uh, you know, if if I was gonna make top ten movie endings of all time, I I definitely have to consider this one. Um, so yeah, the the ending, the always look on the bright side of life. Yep, pretty good. All right, Alex, same? Same. I love that song. 
So why do I know that? Have they done it in something else? Have they done it on The Simpsons or, or something? Or is it just um, pop culture? Or? I don't yeah, think it's, so. I mean, I'm sure it like, pops up occasionally with, with different things. Uh, it was in Spam a lot. I doubt you've seen that, Jeff. Um, yeah. But yeah, it definitely made its way. I think it was like a hit at the time, or became a hit. Uh, so. All right. Um, well, my number one was a Latin joke. Got it from the time I was Latin, and they were dative and accusative and <laughs> conjugating and all that stuff in there. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, pretty... why didn't Mrs. Shook have us watch this movie instead of I know. the last it's um, like hours of Pompeii or whatever? Probably because of the dong <laughs> and, the, and the bush. And the bush. And, yeah. <laughs> there was no bump. It was just bush. We might have watched that scene, just not the rest of it. I guess. Maybe. Yeah. I, Adam and I were just talking about this the other day. Do you remember we, we had to watch Excalibur in school? It's like the edited, the highly edited version. <laughs> that movie's fucking insane. Like, what, it's bananas. What, 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 why were you watching that? Did, were you guys doing like Porte de Arthur or something like that? Uh, I don't remember. It was. I honestly don't. I think it was Mr. Price's class or something. Is it just English too? I don't know. They're like, here's a bunch of British. Read? Here's a bunch of British people. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> I guess I mean it is Arthurian legend. You know, I guess it is. Yeah. Did we read? Do you have to read part play. of that in school? I don't remember, but we just we, we watched it. Yeah. Maybe it was a sub. I don't know. <laughs> I remember watching it just because my dad loved that movie, and you know we we're big into fantasy movies and everything, so we watched that movie. I loved it. Yeah. I've only seen it the one time in high school, and it was edited, so. It's like three hours long. Yeah. It's a a rough watch. Here's uh, a funny uh, tidbit here for you. Uh, You know, the, I forget his name, but the creator of uh, the Souls games, Mm -hmm. he describes that he was inspired as a kid by some medieval movie that had like some weird magic and iconography and everything. And uh, a lot of people theorized or believed that it was that Excalibur movie. And I can kind of see it with some of the weird armor, especially uh, Mordred's armor at the end and everything. You, you can kind of see some of the same art style in some of the uh, enemies yeah. in uh, the Souls games. It's, it's definitely like Western European style. Mm-hmm. Like weapons and armor. Yeah. Come, Father. Let us embrace. <laughs> we should put, I'm putting that on my list. It's got... That's some surprising casting. Hey, real quick, there's a scene where, um, before we get to honorable mentions, there's a scene where um, the Messiah scene, and the, he's in the, he gives his speech, and they're all bum-rushing him, and they're trying to like get him out, and and he says something, about oh, this guy's going to be some future, and you just hear somebody go, hello. <laughs> he, he sounded like a beetle, and I'm looking on here, and George Harrison is uncredited in this movie. Yes, yeah, so uh, some some oh. some really cool trivia. Again, I don't know how true this all is, but it comes from one of the Python guys. So the, the original investors pulled out uh, because of the the subject matter, and George Harrison was a huge Monty Python fan, and you know we, he didn't know if there'd ever be another Monty Python movie, so he basically like sold like a house that he had and like an office building that he owned. Um, to come up with the money so that the movie could get finished made or finished filming. Um, so they like 
I think it's like Eric Idle joked that it was like the most expensive movie ticket of all time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking it up right now. So as a thanks to everything you just said, they gave him a small cameo, and it's that exact scene. He's actually in it, and he goes, hello. <laughs> and his voice stuck out so much. Like, that's a Beatle, or at least somebody from Liverpool. <laughs> and you can tell it was like dubbed in, too. And I was like, no, I guess I'm imagining things. And right now I'm looking, and there it is. Crazy. They wanted uh, Keith Moon to be in the movie too, um, but yeah, he died before before that could happen. Well, always look on the bright side of life. <laughs> All right, honorable mentions. I had the stoning scene, just you know, saying the <laughs> name of oh, God. That was funny. It's just Bless keeps me. pelting everybody. Yeah, and then. Uh, I did like the joke. It, it, it went on along with everything else, and uh, I mean, I guess there's context to it. But just all the good things the Romans have given, and like, I mean, you can look back at. There's sometimes bad empires do leave good th- good ideas behind. They just take them too far. Um, mm-hmm. uh, not taking too far, but I thought it was funny. The aqueduct. Okay, yeah, that's pretty true. What about the roads? Well, of course, the roads. It goes without saying. Yeah, <laughs> it goes without saying. And then, as with everything in Monty Python, it just fucking goes on forever, and not funny anymore. Those are mine. <laughs> uh, Any for you guys? I think I think we covered pretty much everything. All right. Yeah. Well, then let's rate it. As usual, we rate as a scale of one to seven. One being garbage, seven being perfection. Scott, what do you give this movie? Uh, this is this is one of the tougher ones recently, and I usually agonize of, over everything. Um, yeah, we know. Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, this is tough. Um, yeah, I give it a five. Um, the, the, the stuff that, that lands really lands, the ending, uh, the Latin jokes. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just not pound for pound nearly as funny as some of the other stuff. Um, and yeah, not, not everything lands and some of it goes on a little too long. So yeah, uh, five. Okay, Alex. So here's the thing, with it, this happened to me with, with Holy Grail as as well. The first time I watched that movie, I I did not like it at all, and then I rewatched it like a couple years later, and it's like one of my favorite comedies of all time. So on first viewing, I was set to give this a three because there was stuff that I just did not like. But now that we're talking about it, we're I'm remembering some of the jokes. It's like you know what, that was a lot funnier. Than you know, than when I watched the movie, you know, now that I you know recall it, so I'm gonna give it a four for now, and I'll probably like love this movie, bump it up maybe, maybe one more spot after I watch it in a few years. We'll see, but a four for now. Okay, that's fair, and I'm kind of in the same boat in that same thing with Holy Grail. I did not like that movie, but I find I. People reference it now, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. And that those scenes are funny. Those few scenes, and I, I I bring it up a lot, and I don't hate those scenes. There's just a lot of crap in between, <laughs> and I feel the same thing with this. Like, uh, see, guys mentioned the song at the end. Just the other things we mentioned: the Latin joke, the children matinee, the stupid hiding, all that stuff. <laughs> the stoning. Uh, the all stoning. Right, that? There's uh, always one. <laughs> uh. But I, I mean, it could be a it could be a thirty minute show movie. Though. Like I don't know. I just so for me a four. I didn't hate it, but I didn't really love it. Either. It wasn't enough for me there. But you gotta think about it. I mean, this stuff seventy nine. These guys are definitely pushing the envelope back then, right? This is like English um, 
Mel Brooks or something. And and I kind of felt this kind of ruined uh, History of the World for me a little bit because I feel they stole a couple of jokes from these guys. So hmm. I don't know. Not really. I'm, Mel Brooks is, doesn't need to steal from anybody. But there's a couple jokes where, yeah. eh, they kind of did this. This is, a, you know, eh. Definitely the, the biggest dickest feels, feels like a Mel Brooks joke. Yes. <laughs> not yeah. not to imply stealing one way or the other, but that definitely feels more like in, in Brooks' territory. Yeah. yeah. And they did all the Latin jokes in History of the World, right? And so, not as real Latin, though. I guess this had the real Latin jokes as opposed to Lindus... Weedus. All right. Groovus. Groovus. All right. Uh, with that, it's time for our crossover list, which is what, Scott? Uh, our top five arenas, uh, based again on the, the gladiator fight early on in the movie. Uh, so my number five to start um, start with some some good uh, good old fashioned classic late eighties, early nineties. I don't know if it was the late eighties, but uh, a uh, a show that we were all watching and reenacting in real life, one way or the other, uh, American Gladiators. Uh, <laughs> so technically, pretty good. Technically, the Damn, whole thing was Arena, good. but the but if I was to pick one, it would definitely be the one where they have to dodge the tennis balls at the end, because that was just uh, uh, the, eliminator. the Eliminator Assault. Yeah, as, Assault. As, yeah. as a kid, Assault. as as like a like a preteen kid watching that, like. There could not be possibly anything cooler they could have put on television. <laughs> That's true. So there you go, American Gladiators. Malibu was <laughs> the best. Like the... His hair was glorious. Yeah, and the arena was just an empty, it was just a giant, unlit soundstage. Yeah, right? yeah, it was pretty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The audience. We should wings. watch. We should watch a couple episodes dun, dun, of that. Dun, dun, as an dun, 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 yeah, put the banger of theme too. Yeah. I know, Jeebus H. Whoever composed that, like, blew their wad. Can you imagine? Like, you remember, like, hoping which gladiators were playing tonight? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope it's... Oh, it's Nitro, Malibu, yeah. Siren, Diamond. Laser. Laser, Tower. Lace, and, yeah, all those Hawk. names. Um, all right, Alex, number five. My number five is <laughs> the Roman Coliseum in Return of the Dragon with Bruce Lee and uh, Chuck Norris. Yeah. Also because, yeah, it was a, a spaghetti kung fu movie. And uh, they had a lot of great exteriors and some interiors of the Coliseum. But then when they had the big showdown <laughs> with uh, Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris, and some kittens, uh, it was all soundstage. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even in the... It was like in the... Aisle, the aisles, right? Or the, yeah, that's the, one of the hallways. The, the hallways, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. And the fight starts. It was great. Bruce Lee rips off his chest hair. Yeah. Oh, man, that had to hurt. <laughs> All right. I had struggled with this list. Uh, I have a couple easy ones. And then, so the bottom, I don't even know the name of the arena. Maybe cheating. It's not really cheating, but it's the, the arena that, that uh, Hulk and Thor fight each other in Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Um, just because it's massive and it's oh, sci-fi, okay. massive Damn, sci-fi-ish, um, with Loki and um, Jeff Goldblum sitting up there. Um, yeah, That's I don't know if that has a name. Like. Does that arena have a name or anything? Or no? I don't remember, but yeah, I, I know sure talking. it like, does. So whatever, the, whatever place that they're in, which I also don't remember. <laughs> yeah. 
So the arena wasn't anything special, but it was a cool fight between Thor and Hulk. So there it is. Number five, Thor Ragnarok. Scott, number four. Uh, number four is the Kumite uh, from, oh, much from higher. Bloodsport. Um, it's a very intimate arena, which which I thought is cool for for you know a movie like this. Um, and they they can even rearrange it so at one point it's got like the raised things at the end for no reason. <laughs> it's it's yeah. not like it made it more dangerous or anything. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll let Alex talk about it more. The Kumite Bloodsport. Well, thank you. All right. Well, Alex, number four, then. My number four is... Is that in... It's the Ben-Hur chariot race. Is that supposed to be the Roman Colosseum also? Um, I don't know. I don't, I I don't assume, think so. I would assume. I would assume so. That's so. Western audiences only know of one. It's like Colosseum. the Velod- <laughs> It's like the, <laughs> the Velodrome somewhere. Anyway. Yeah, anyways. I think, uh, it, as far as movies go, that was the first Coliseum I ever saw when I watched Ben Hur, and I just love that chariot, that chariot sequence with the the fish that they turn whenever they did a lap, the spikes on the wheels, the whole crowd going nuts. I love it. Drink up, Judah Ben Hur. <laughs> Julia, the king of kings. Hey, uh, did you guys have so Ben Hur was on the cover of? That's uh, my first Latin book. Did you guys have that, or did you guys have the new ones? Because they kind of got. I do not remember. Uh, it was pretty. I mean, it was just hip. Yeah. It was just I don't, Charlton Heston like whipping the horse. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so yeah, either. Yeah. We, we think we had different yeah, ones. Yeah. Yeah, because they out. She, she out. Well, not outsourced them, but she got in the new books. So then we got to keep our old ones if we wanted. I still have it somewhere. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm trying to look up the. the where it takes place. Anyway. Were you, were you looking up if the Latin was accurate in Life of Brian? <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't. That, that book, no, level one Latin was not getting into all that. It was just basically teaching me how a farmer drinks water and stuff. That was about it. Yeah. Everything was the present. <laughs> Maybe future and past. That's about it. All right. Um, blah, 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 blah. My number four, right? Yep. All right. Yes. Uh don't, once again, don't know if it's an arena, or whatever, but I just put the Gladiator Pits from Conan the Barbarian. Ah, that's my number three. Oh, that's good. All right. So, yes, yeah. yeah, Scott could talk about it more, but mine's specifically the montage scene at the beginning when he becomes ultimate Gladiator. But All right. Well, then we'll go to Scott number three, then, I guess. Yep. The, the, the Gladiator Pit of Conan. Yeah, I don't know if it was supposed to be the same one each time. Right. I'll just assume that it is. Uh,. You know, I, I I I watched the Red Lighter Media review on uh, Predator. Um, you know, maybe think about some things that, that I already I think we all come to appreciate about Arnold. Like mm-hmm. when, when you just put him in like this kind of feral setting, that's where he really excels. <laughs> yeah, just like his, right. his, his screen presence, and you know, obviously the physique. Um, so like it, it works really well in, in Conan. He starts off kind of freaked out, and he doesn't understand. By the end of it, like he's just kind of this this ruthless gladiator. Um, and the, the whole thing that ties it together is is Mako doing the the voiceover, which is always awesome. So yeah, my master could not count the word, <laughs> could not soon count his victories. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Conan the Barbarian. It's awesome. All right, Alex, number three. Uh, my number three is from Gladiator. 
but it's the the small arena before he gets to the big show. Oh, okay. Where he fights that that Minotaur guy. <laughs> Are you not entertained? Mostly yeah. because I say that. <laughs> I still say that. He fucking chucks his sword into the crowd. And then yeah. and Puff Daddy said it too when he was there. Did he didn't do it. <laughs> Okay. There it is. Is and he throws a telephone over there too. <laughs> Fighting around the world. <laughs> Fuck, are you not entertained? <laughs> Alright, uh, my number three is Thunderdome from Mad yeah, Max. That's a good one. Son of a also bitch. Man, you guys are thinking of some good ones I missed. <laughs> um, yeah. Tina Turner makes people fight. There it is. Break a, <laughs> break a deal. Yeah. Alright, well, Scott, number two. Uh, number two is the Duff Center uh, from from Simpsons, specifically for the uh, Spinal Tap episode. Uh, I don't. <laughs> oh. I'm having a hard time remembering. Yeah, the Duff Center. A hard time remembering like what else it was used for. But just like we, we've we've talked about it so many times. <laughs> like this good night spray and there'll be no encore. But the like how fucked up the arena is. How the stage gets wet and uh, the the uh this is more of like a spinal tap thing how the the satan balloon doesn't inflate all the way uh, <laughs> we just have the riot there and the, <laughs> the want to trash the stage <laughs> the so was it last week we were talking about or the last time we recorded we were we were talking about uh bad lawyers and yeah. Lionel Hutz has the joke where he yeah. goes to his car Homer does the same thing in that episode so maybe that was first, uh, where they they ask where's Millhouse, <laughs> and then Homer says, "Oh, I've got to go get something for my car." <laughs> and then you, oh, yeah, you, yeah. You, you peel away, yeah. And then <laughs> Millhouse is still it's <laughs> from like, the bottom of the yeah, pile of yeah, yeah, chairs. Yeah. So, poor Millhouse. <laughs> um, but anyways, yes, the poor the, the Duff Center from Simpsons. <laughs> All right, yeah, Alex, number two. Uh, my number two is, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention it, but the arena from the movie Arena. <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> I, I, I very much. Yep. I mean, it. yeah, I like the concept. I mean, it, it, it regulates the power levels of everybody that goes into the arena so that they're the same, and it's your skill level, no matter if you're human, alien, many appendages, only one foot, whatever. You're all even playing field, unless somebody cheats. Mm. We should do a movie again. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I think we should. <laughs> Rewatch. Yeah. All right. My number two has been in two movies and a TV show that's currently airing, and I don't know the name of the of venue itself, but it'll be where they where they host the All Valley Karate Tournament, <laughs> the Karate Kid franchise. It's in the Valley. Um, yeah, but I don't remember. Is it just like the? I don't think they say. <laughs> yeah, the city sporty I, recreation. Yeah, I think it's, it's that typical or... movie bullshit of like, oh, the regionals, and then yeah, yeah, just the yeah, yeah. Kind of... yeah. But um, it was awesome. Obviously, in the first one, it's awesome. And then they bring it back in the third, and now watching Cobra Kai, it's been in I think at least two seasons, maybe more or less. I don't know, but um, yeah, the All Valley Tournament Arena. It's the All Valley. Cino. If you don't show up, it's open season on him mm. and you. <laughs> no mercy.
see. All right. Scott, number one. Number one is Thunderdome. The the Thunderdome. I think it's... Is the arena actually called the Thunderdome? Like, I'm not entirely sure, but that's how I... I don't remember. But we all know what we're talking about here with the... Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. The Master mm-hmm. Blaster and the, the fight with the, the bungee... And the bungee cords. Bungees and chainsaws yeah. and how it all of a sudden turns into really sad. <laughs> but, uh, and then, yeah. If, if, then he broke... And Tupac. <laughs> and, uh... Then he broke a deal and had to face the wheel. So. And then they put the... Uh, the the old Cleveland Guardians mascot on his head and set him in the desert. <laughs> a big baseball, yeah. Baseball head. Um, so yeah, the, the Thunderdome. That's my number one. Yeah. All right, Alex, number one. Number one is the Kumite Arena from Bloodsport. Okay. Like I said, a nice intimate venue. <laughs> you get the first full rows will get wet. <laughs> Maybe the sweat, sweat, blood, or tears. Uh, you can find gold teeth sometime <laughs> on the arena floor. And yeah, I love it that it's such a small change. But I mean, if two people were seriously fighting, and all of a sudden you go from a flat uh, fighting uh, ring into one that's elevated on the sides, you got to change your strategy. <laughs> all of a sudden you're off balance and everything. You're still barefoot, but off balance somebody has a high ground and then you got to turn it around especially i mean if you're blinded somehow that's got to be really it's got to be tough yep yeah are you playing the drums (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right um my number one has already been said but i'll just say it's the roman coliseum that it's been obviously used (laughs) irl but uh, I'll choose it from Gladiator. Although, Alex, I think I agree with you. I think the at least the other scene is better in the smaller arena when they team, you know, the first time he teams up and does all that. Mm-hmm. But it is cool, like, seeing them bring it back to life, you know, what they did when that, when that movie came out and him fighting there. I thought that was really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then doing that with the animal, the tigers, and all that stuff. Yeah, the tigers. Uh, Spinal Thorson. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be uh, the Coliseum, specifically Gladiator. Um, I was going to do Star Wars, but I did not think you would allow the Rancor Pit to be an arena. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, that's not really an arena. You could have done Attack of the Clones, where they're with Padme. Yeah, should, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I, 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 I would disallow that. <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty fucking terrible, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, for a split second, I thought about the um, the pod racing, but that's more of a racetrack. <laughs> that's not an arena. Yeah. I have a pod racer. He did. he did. And his name is Anakin. <laughs> what? All right. Uh, any honorable mentions? Uh, nah. I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is a tough one. Yeah, a few yeah. were easy, and then after that, it was... Oh, wait, well, oh, I thought... Hey, was there some, like, Star Trek ones? Don't this is Kirk, like, fighting the arenas in, like, the original series? Yeah, the Muck Timeline. I don't know if they're in an arena, or if they're just in, like, outside... When, when he when Kirk fights Spock, um, there's 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 definitely an arena in the the one where Futurama makes fun of that when Fry fights Zoidberg. Um, I think they're definitely in an arena in that one. Uh, although the problem is, like, I I could think of a bunch of arenas, but it was just like ah, oh, it's just like a sports thing or or like like it didn't really there wasn't anything special about it. Uh, All right, well mm-hmm. it's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? 
uh, fantasy football is going. World Cup is coming in November, but there's really nothing else in between that. So, have has anybody really thought about how much money is lost when tennis players just smash their rackets? <laughs> I'm sure there's a whole cottage industry. I know, because it's like it's got to be like seven hundred to a thousand dollars each racket. No, right? No, no, no. Hundreds of dollars, but not that high. I think it's that high. <laughs> it's not I don't. I think I think I it's that know. high, so I'm saying it as a fact. <laughs> I, I can tell you, a high end hockey stick is a couple hundred bucks. I bet a tennis racket's around the same price. I'm, I'm guessing there's not a single person that makes it to these these big tournaments. That isn't sponsored enough to where someone will be like, here, just use our tennis rackets. Sure. Yeah. Of course. Right. Of course that's the case. But I'm just saying, I don't think they're paying $700. Right. Yeah, I don't think, I grant, $1,000 <laughs> sounds, yeah, way on the, the high end there. Yeah, yeah. Buy our racket, smash it like a champion. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely obliterated. I wonder if, I, I remember, I, I forgot who it was, but there was some dude that was really pissed. And he went to sit down in his little, in his little tennis chair, and then he grabbed... His racket that he had, and he smashed it. And then he went into his bag <laughs> and grabbed the spare racket, and then he smashed that one. <laughs> like, Jesus, hey. He's sending a message to the other rackets. I guess. <laughs> Play better. I wonder if anybody ever wins and then smashes the racket like a, like a rock star. <laughs> toss it. I don't think yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, it's not quite the same thing because you have to, like, bend down and do it. You can't just, like, overhand, like... Mighty axe thrown into the into the, the court. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would. So, so Alex, I went on Amazon right now and just did like the two hundred, the highest range they give you, and it's up to three hundred dollars. I'm seeing three hundred, two ninety nine, two eighty nine. So, which is nothing to sneeze at, but seven hundred ridiculous. So uh... Well, that's what I know, like, and kids want them, right? That's, like, parents are, go, oh, because uh, Federer has one, Serena has one, why can't I get one? They're like, well, because you're not them. <laughs> I think you get a cheap tennis racket for under 100 Yeah, about 250 is the highest that I'm seeing. Yeah. Okay, still. The problem, the problem with the tennis racket is not, is like, yeah, if you bent it or whatever, then, then that's probably a problem, but you've got to... Tighten. You the... can't bend today's tennis rackets. <laughs> yeah, they they break or they yeah. don't bend. Is is you got to tighten or or fix the the mesh in it, or like or whatever the hell that's called. It's the straight cat gut. Yeah, like that takes that takes like a special tool. <laughs> cat um, yeah, like I don't think you can just do that by hand. Like you've got to take it somewhere. No, no, you have to take it to the store. Yeah, yeah. So that probably mm-hmm. costs extra. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. It's time for new news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. All right, uh, we're we're in full. This is uh, shades of uh, uh, Arn Anderson's Spinebuster. Spinebuster. This is shades of of last year around this time actually, uh, when they they started releasing all the the nerd stuff, um, and there were a few there were a couple gems like uh, last year for me was Arcane. Um, it was truly outrageous. <laughs> truly, truly, truly outrageous. Uh, so yeah, we're we're in the midst of one of those periods now where there's um, She-Hulk's going, uh, House of the Dragons going, oh, she's going, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, um, just started up. All these, these shows are still like early on in their their, their runs for their, their respective seasons. Hey guys, Rings of Power. Um, 
Andor is is coming soon, right? I think we were talking about the yeah, twenty. Yeah. I just looked it up. Twenty first. Yeah, so that that's right around the corner. Um, Happy birthday to me. <laughs> Sandman finished up, although they keep dropping these kind of side episodes. Um, I'm, I'm, dis- I'm a little bit dis- I mean, I'm happy, but I'm a little bit disappointed it was only the one side episode that had the two, the two parter. Yeah, two I still parts, I, two extra yeah, I still, stories. I still need to finish that up. Uh, I saw the one about the cats. Ah, but, um, um, and, and, wait, wait. Oh, so not I, the other half. No. So I saw both halves of that one. Is there more than that, or no? I don't know. No, I was oh. expecting because in that. I have the first Sandman book, which covers the whole first season that we just saw that's released. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they did omit those two stories in the regular season. So I thought they would do one. There's another story that I'm not going to spoil anything about that was really freaking good in the comic book. And I was hoping that they would do that. But I think they might be saving it for the next season. Yeah, or maybe for the holidays or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I keep checking <laughs> every once in a while, <laughs> even if it doesn't say new episode. <laughs> Just in case. So, um, yeah. So, anyways, we got got all this nerd stuff going on. Uh, so we're we're, <laughs> we're trying right. to keep keep on top of it all. Uh, so we we did all manage to watch the first episode of House of the Dragon. Uh, so I did want to spend a little bit of time talking about, hot D talking hot D uh, talking about uh, <laughs> the at least the first episode here. Um, so yeah. Um, just to, to get out of the way, uh, what what are what reactions so far? Um, spoiler alert! Yeah, spoiler alert! Major spoiler alerts. Mm-hmm. Five, four, three, two, one. You're done. Uh, you know what initial reactions of what you've seen so far? Anyway, whether it's been one or more episodes. I'm really I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I like the first episode a lot. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I mentioned like at first it was a little rough because I was like, okay, we're back in. Westeros, but I don't know who any of these people are, and stuff's not quite the same, and a lot of names I don't fucking know again. It took me ten years to figure out who these people are now, but halfway through, well, I mean, I'll get like the birthing, birthing scene, like that kind of is like on the joust. I'm like, okay, we're back in Westeros. I'm watching the show with my eyes closed. And... I I made the mistake of eat, trying to eat. <laughs> I was, I was middle because yeah. I I like to like. Eat, eat like have a not necessarily a nice meal but a nice er meal when I sit down to watch this like the, the stuff that I've been like, so like a soup the, 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 the much wa- must watch <laughs> the, the must see TV kind of. I see Scott stuffing putting the napkin in his collar yeah. sitting up straight <laughs> getting ready <laughs> pouring himself a nice glass of cognac Can- or something and yeah. lighting a candle <laughs> light the candle. a couple candles yeah. <laughs> Eating cherry tomatoes like a, like a yeah. steward of Gondor, and then they're chopping wieners off. He's hired a little boy to sing for him. Yeah, then yeah, then, yeah wieners are getting chopped off. Uh, there's Magnus. Hey, was it wieners or balls? I didn't look that closely, man. Those are balls. I thought they were balls. I think it was everything. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been the whole package. Being castrated, <laughs> literally yeah, the whole package. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Get out of here. So yeah, there's that. There were maggots. Um. There was that birthing scene was the worst though, that was that yeah, was, that was uncomfortable, uh, which was obviously the point. Uh, yeah, but I'm like, okay, that's that, but the, yeah, the emotional implications. Yeah, that's like of having the big that yeah, choice. Hallmark Game of Thrones okay. stuff. There, can we talk about the choice? Yeah. So he chose poorly, but it's unclear. Like, was the choice just 
okay, we can. <laughs> you're going to lose them both. Or we try to save the baby. Because that's not a choice. No. That is, you no. have to do it. But if you watch the after show or the post credit scene, that's what the director said. Or one of those two guys said. So that's not yeah. a choice at all. It's it's a shitty no, no. position to be in, but it's not it, a choice. You, One's better no, than two. Gave, no, they gave him a choice. It was We can save one or the other. No, no, no. no, no. It was, it was a you choice. did it with the gods, is what they said. Or you can try to save the baby. Like, there was no guarantee well, really she was going to live either way. She, she, she right. had rough. She's had rough that. births before that. Um, I, I think the the calculus there was still very much on the side of save the baby over her. Um, oh yeah. Uh, oh, that, that's not such a hard choice. But if you remember early, early, <laughs> early, early on in the episode, she tells him that she's not going to go through this again. Like. Right. So that probably oh, self fulfilling prophecy. So that probably yeah, that probably weighed in on his his thought process as well. Um, you know, maybe kind of subconsciously, anyways, of like you know, because he, he wasn't thinking about oh, I'm going to take another wife and have more kids at that point. Um, no. so he's like, this is my... but I'm gonna say the the writer says it wasn't the decision was we save the baby or you lose them both. That was the choice, and they didn't yeah. make they did not make that clear. No, no, sure. they did not. Yeah, they, they did a bad job yeah. if that was the the intention. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They made it... Because like I said, if that's the choice, it's a terrible position, but you at least try to save something, right? Like, I, I don't... Yeah. You if it was baby. one or the other, then yeah. that makes it real... I mean, that would be more dramatic, I guess, but anyway. Yeah. I maybe, thought, yeah, maybe, that's where I thought the main conflict Maybe the whole was. thing yeah. was... Yeah. The whole thing was, like, they couldn't get... Maybe, like, because they called it a breach baby, and I don't... I don't yeah. know exactly what that's supposed to mean in in like westeries or whatever. It's that, like in our, in our no, is that <laughs> that is a real no, thing. no, no. It's it, when it, the it baby is, comes it out is, backwards. But like yeah. to them, does that mean they can't get the baby out? Yeah, that's what yes. it sounded like. So if that if if they couldn't get the baby out, then yes, like like then she's gonna die too because I, I I don't know how that's supposed to, like I think that's how that works. Like I don't know, I don't know though. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it, it's still very, it's still horrible to to have to. But if, if if that was the intention, that that does kind of change how how you see the, his character. Then, um, I I I was going along thinking that he made this like like more rational decision than, um, versus like the or he his options were a little were slightly broader there. Uh, but if, he, yeah. if there wasn't, then then I guess. Uh, like that, that does change his character really, a little bit. But didn't have a choice, like Jeff yeah. said. Yeah, and, and the maester or the doctor, whoever the he kind of, he says, yeah, either you we can save the baby or leave it up to the gods. Which I meant is like we can just see what happens. It's possible the baby turns around at the last second, or but mm-hmm. most I'm sure they're saying in most likely these situations it doesn't happen. The baby doesn't survive, and then the the the, the mom doesn't survive. So yeah, I don't know. anyway, it's fucked up. And the yeah. whole the whole thing about men playing battle out in the battle the jousting thing, right? Whether this is happen this real shit's happening. So, it's pretty cool. So so <laughs> that mm-hmm. sequence, um yeah, the jousting was awesome. Um I'm I'm sure a lot of it was just like camera stuff, but it was still pretty cool because in the initial run of the show you don't really see it like like it's not as visceral. Um and, and it's like people behave badly after that too. Um so, so, so yeah, the uh, 
like what's happening to to his wife when all that's going on is yeah is, is awful and the decision he has to make. I didn't get the guy that got pissed off and then murdered the other guy. Like I'm pretty sure that's against the rules. Like <laughs> yeah. like there's no like but repercussions that, for that like whatsoever. It was like oh, what are the, what's going on here? But I think that you're getting the commentary from uh, the, the queen that never was or whatever her name was saying like these guys are just so pent up right now. They're just looking for any reason to do this because there hasn't been a war. Right, but I, but I think I like from I don't I don't think they needed to do it that way. Like they could have stopped. And that, the king that was that gone. Dream, like like shatters his kneecap or whatever it was. Like, I think <laughs> yeah, I think the point away. I think the point has been made rather than like bludgeoning the guy's skull and because like, that's like you would you legitimately like. The king could be like, okay, you weren't supposed to do that. Now, now it's your turn, and like have the guy like beheaded. Like there has to be rule. Like, like it made sense to me that that guy got off. Like <laughs> maybe he doesn't. It all happens off screen, but it bothered me that there was no re- repercussions at the, at the time. It bothered me too, but I think they're showing this king is the king of no action, right? Like uh, even I, I don't even in the uh, even in um, Game of Thrones jousting scene, freaking Robert stops. Remember when the mountain goes crazy and he's about to. I forgot who he went after, but he was about to murder somebody. Right. He's like, Stop in the name of the king! Yeah, so that that doesn't the go any flower. Yeah, guy? so he chops Maybe. off the horse's head, but that's as far as it goes. Like at that point, but like, he's about to. He's about to. But no, yeah. remember what's his face? Um, the other his brother steps in and to stop him, yeah. and then that's when the king yells at both of them to stop. Yeah, yeah. So like it never yeah. gets to that point. Like, but because the king stopped it, right? I don't. I I, I don't. I, I disagree, Jeff. Like, yes, I I, I he's he's like a very passive ruler um but I, I don't think like somebody does that and gets away with it it just happened what are you talking about <laughs> and freaking what's what, his face I, his brother's cheating and tripping horses yeah like what the hell was that like that was weird too okay yes, gonna get yes, disqualified. Like, yeah that's that was waiting for that too i thought that was like a legal move yeah um Okay, is that a, like a real strategy? Is that allowed? Because I don't know. Yeah, I don't, that, that was weird to me also. Um, I didn't see that at Medieval Times, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but but no, like, something had to have happened to that guy. Like, the guy doesn't get away with that. Yeah, I probably guess just one night. <laughs> um, anyway. Well, we know, the, Arm, we know the, what's, Damon got away with it. But okay, special circumstances, he's the king's Well, he didn't brother, kill anybody like either. I'm just saying he cheated. No, badly. he cheated. Yeah, that that was stupid. Yeah, I think that was just bad writing to like. It's like okay, yeah, show him he's a bad boy. He plays by his own rules, but like, I don't like the 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 whole. <laughs> he does like a bad Simpsons yeah. movie or whatever. Yeah. McGarnacle. Yeah, the the like the whole like you're you're jousting to like for prestige. Like, I I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you'd want to win fair and square if you weren't really wanted to. Like, be considered like a great warrior. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, Damon clearly yeah. his character probably cares less about that. But Damon's character is a whole other enigma, especially after three character after after three episodes. Um, but uh, mm, okay. But but his character um, is like again like they're, they're straddling the line there of like yeah he's he's vicious and seductive or uh, vindictive. Uh, but he's also like principled in a way, and it just a lot of it just doesn't make <laughs> like he's, he's like a walking contradiction um, in a lot of ways. Hmm. 
I don't know, Jeff. You feel differently after after having watched three episodes. Uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about it because it's yeah, spoiler yeah. stuff. But I think it's I like his character because it's not he's not black or white. I guess. Is what yeah, I mean. but that's that's what's like. No, he's a white guy. <laughs> he's very white. He's he's definitely white. But... <laughs> no, like I, I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> way I'm, I'm okay with the like the gray area, but like he he does stuff that contradicts other stuff that he does. Like, I I don't know. Maybe maybe that that's just me. Um, I mean, we know people like that. I mean, that's a thing. You mm-hmm. say one thing and do another. I'm not singing out somebody specifically. I'm not like, oh, you know yeah, who I'm yeah, talking right. about. I'm just um, saying. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, not, I'm, not talking about him, I'm not talking about him like being duplicitous. Um, like, it, 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 anyway. Um, yeah, without being able to get yeah, the details, yeah, yeah. we probably can't get into it. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so, 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 yeah, so we mentioned Damon Targaryen, um, who's the, the king's brother, and, and he's he obviously has designs on. Who? Hmm? Damon Targaryen? Who? Uh, stupid Doctor Who joke. Anyway, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it was it was stupid. Uh, no, I should have got that. Uh, we, we we all see some neck from that guy, by the way. Uh, yeah, because yeah, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, pleasant surprise. Uh, uh, Snoya Mizuno uh, shows up as the <laughs> as his as his whore. Um, that, that's kind of in his corner. Um, I don't know what she was. All right, I know it's episode two. It's not a spoiler, but her accent is awful. Um, it's weird. Awful. It was off-putting. I, I agree. It, it it was a little out of place. Um, it reminded me of what uh, Tyrion's whore in the first few seasons that ends up being with Tywin so, and all that stuff. So, oh, so that actress not... actually like has like an accent from her region. So. Sonia Mizuno has a British accent. She just had her do the British accent, like, and so like I get I get there going like this president's from like wherever she's supposed to be from. They're supposed to have it's a whore accent. Whore, yeah. Um, whore. It, it, at any rate, I was I was glad to see her pop up. I didn't realize she was on the show. Um, right. Yeah, she's she's in his corner. Sorry, and I, good. I was just gonna sorry uh, before you leave, Damon. Come back to me. That's it. Okay. Um, you know. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, she's she's an ex machina. She's the other robot. Oh uh, yeah. Um, but uh, the other robot. It, anyway, um, I, I did like at the end that he takes her with him. Again, just contradictions. Um, but yeah, like he's he's very like devil may care um, attitude that kind of bites him in, in, in the ass. Like I didn't really get like his him. His or really the the daughter's kind of angst, um, like the king's not like treating them cruelly, like like David like like he's he's like spying on them and he sees his brother go out of his way to defend him when he knows that he's not there even, um, and he still like like shits on his brother after the fact and it's like why 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 haven't you made me why didn't you make me your hand. And it's like because you're a fucking lunatic, dude. Like, <laughs> you tell me, you tell me why I haven't made you the hand. Like, <laughs> like it was like a mystery. Like, like he didn't know like of his own bad behavior. Like, yeah, it just it, like it didn't. Yeah, like that, that, that. He just thought it was guaranteed because they were brothers. Yeah, yeah that, come so on. That whole relationship doesn't make entitlement like, sense to me. Past like. Um, Damon having like ambitions, um, 
I, I, I do like the, the king here, Patty Constantine. Constantine? Constantine. I don't know about that's the last name. Constantine. Uh, Constantine, yeah. Um, Constantine, yeah. So, yeah, we, you know, Game of Thrones, we see all these different people in power. Um, and, you know, his is kind of a different take on it. He's he's more of a a, a Ned Stark than he is, like, a, a Baratheon or, or definitely, like, a a Lannister or really the other Targaryens that we've, we've come across. Um, where he's just, he, you know, the, the whole thing of, you know, you play the game of Thrones, you die. Like he's not really playing it. <laughs> Although, um, it doesn't seem like the other characters are really playing it at that high of a level either. Um, maybe the, the hand, uh, Reese Evans, um, has is playing more of a long game. I don't see how he could have known, like, unless stuff happened off screen, that the king was going to marry his daughter. Though, uh, that 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 felt kind of sudden. Oh, I, did I spoil something from the? You spoiled some stuff. Oh though. shit! Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you mean? But he's purposely no, no. He voiced he's playing the long. Yeah, no, game. he he is, but like. Anyway, we don't stop spoiling. Yeah, so so like <laughs> yeah, this is a whole separate. Yeah, podcast. so he, you yeah. know the, the so they have the let's talk about the king's council. Uh, but before that, Jeff, you wanted me to throw it to you. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say that his my only my only real problem with Damon because so far I do like his character is that he has Legolas hair. That's it. I'm pretty sure they just took the lit. I just <laughs> pretty sure they just the took his, wig, the yeah. wig. Yeah. Orlando Bloom's wig. They, they put it on this guy's head. The, um, so they. So one one thing about the show um, before we get into the council is they, to its credit, they really hit the ground running here. Um, the the first few seasons of, of Game of Thrones, it definitely takes their sweet time building up stuff, and the the payoffs are amazing. Um, but like they jump in right away, he's already sitting up there with like his council, and we're supposed to know who all these people are eventually. I, w- I would imagine. Um, what are with those bowls? Bowls. What are with yeah. those bulls? <laughs> They're going to play pool afterwards. Someone's getting bludgeoned with one of those things. That's all I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Chekhov's balls. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Chekhov's, Chekhov's balls. balls. Um, nice. <laughs> there we go. Um, but that is really only one member of the Kingsguard we really need to know about. Um, but uh, he's kind of off in the background, really, um, for, the, for the most part. Um, Does he have a whole golden hand? No. Uh, but... No. So you got, you got this, this whole council, and then, then the daughter, the brother, um, the, the the sea snake, as, as they call him, like in the the ant, and their their kids, um, and yeah, we're like already supposed to like kind of know who all these people are supposed to be. Like I don't even know who the other member council members are. Like I think it's clear that one guy is the Meister guy, and the one guy is the hand, but I don't know who the fuck everybody else is supposed to be. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's the house, the the coin. Yeah, well, well the, the master of coin, they, they, the master of ships, and the yeah, master so, so they, of they make it clear that the one whatever. guy's going to be the of ships, the but like, but like, I couldn't remember which one's supposed to be the coin or whoever else the other two are. supposed yeah, to Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that's part of it. I mean, you first time, I mean, you read the book, so you probably heard the name and you knew right away. But as if you go into the show, you don't you don't know who Littlefinger is. Well, right, right. Like, and I have and everything not, the first time you yeah, watch I have, it. I've not read Blood and Fire, so. I'm going in pretty fresh air, like beyond just the general 
lore. Right. Um, so if you went in as a normal re- viewer, like I did, without reading it, you don't you see the first council scene. You're like, what the fuck's the hand of the? I, you don't know anything. Like, it's just you got to watch it. A like few I'm, times not, I'm, not, you, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm definitely not complaining. Um, I'm, I'm saying like they're jumping right in as opposed to like Game of Thrones, where um, yes, you see some of these characters, but then you know it takes its time, like you getting to know all these people. Or here, it's like they're already making moves. <laughs> um, the yeah, so um, I mean, episode one they pushed Bran. Yeah, yeah. Like they, well, I mean that's a thing that happens, but like as far as like court intrigue and things like that, there's not really much going on there. Um, so uh, yeah, the the hit the guy running. Yeah, the All two right. girls, um, the 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 princess and the. Uh, the other, the, the hand's daughter. Um, they're all supposed to be the same age uh, over the, these these episodes. But anyways, um, yeah, they're they're good too. Um, you know, like again, it's, it's it's good casting. It's 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 good acting. Um, I, I'm enjoying it so far. I, I I think it wasn't until the third episode that it started to, to grab me a little bit. Um, so, uh, and not because of any of the, well, I don't, I don't want to get into too much, but, uh, yeah. um, there's dragons right off the bat. Uh, I think it's awesome that there's like a whole dragon handler thing. <laughs> These guys, it's like, oh yeah, this, this hundred percent makes sense. Like, dragons wouldn't be the ones in the pits, like taking care of them all day. Like, <laughs> so there's people and they're all like burnt and ashen and, um, I thought that was cool that, that we actually see that that whole like team of people. Yeah. I like the the subtle or two things I wanted to mention before or three things. The subtlety of like when she comes off of flying the dragon and both her parents say you smell like dragon. Like that's a thing. Like you, you wouldn't think about it, but if wait, what does that smell like? <laughs> like fire <laughs> and Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I like that. The intro of um I did, sorry, four things. The prologue I liked, speeding really quick. I just liked that, kind of set up the time frame for someone who didn't read the books. I know nothing about the Targaryen past, so I'm like, okay, and then just saying, okay, this is 100, this is multi-generations before Daenerys. I like setting that up. But it's also multi-generations before, but only a couple generations after they conquered. I like that. Her flying in and the reveal of her flying over King's Landing, I... it. First came in, I'm like, oh, okay, this thing is King's Landing. But then I was looking for like the Sept that eventually gets blown up. I didn't see it. I was like, oh, maybe it's not. And I don't know what that weird building is over there. So I don't know where this is. And then you find out, no, oh, it's King's Landing, but it's before the Sept has been built. And I, I had the, that's the Dragon Pit that gets destroyed. I had the same exact same reaction, Jeff. I was like, I'm yeah, like, where is this? It's King's Landing, but where's the okay? <laughs> yeah, but it was cool, yeah, right? Yeah. He was like, okay, this looks familiar but different, and. I would say like the it looked like it's in better condition, right? The flea bottom or whatever hasn't maybe I don't know hasn't like moved hasn't grown as much. It's a smaller area as opposed to maybe growing under the Baratheon Mad King realm or whatever. I, I do like the the Baratheons all get their asses kicked in the <laughs> in the the, the tilt tilting and the, the jousting. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Um, about them tying this in like hardcore with Game of Thrones on hit the dream of Song of Ice and Fire. Does that and just how that really ended so weirdly in the last couple seasons and 
I think they're gonna do some retconning there or something. Yeah, like, they, they definitely go out of their way to like explain to her like you need to like be aware of this thing. Um, but we clearly know she's not gonna have to deal with it. Although they, yeah. there could be something mm-hmm. that comes up. Should be like, dead. That, like at the end of, I'm assuming there'll be more than one season of this. Like somebody's gonna yeah. have to go like check out something at the wall. And they'll be like, oh, there's weird shit happening, and then we'll just be like, ah, oh, well, like. Like we'll keep an eye on it. Like, it's, like I think it would be cool to see the wall when it wasn't like completely run shit. Like, I imagine like yeah, a couple hundred years back that it was in better working order. Um, and so, but it's weird that it's okay. It's a Targaryen dream, and that's why he even came to conquer Westeros because he has to protect the it has to be a Targaryen to protect the people from the Long Winter and this this thing. But in the end, it has nothing to do with the Targaryen at the end. It's like Jon Snow doesn't do anything. Daenerys doesn't do anything. It's Arya. Like, so I, I, they, they, throw, they throw a lot of that shit out the window on the show. Um, that's what I'm saying, though. Yeah, Obviously, the books is the book. So I, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. for the show, it's so weird that they're tying no, that they're going, to that. They're going back to that. Yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah. There was a whole thing uh, about in... in uh, so Daenerys' older brother, Rhaegar, um, who, who we never see... Um, like, is that the guy who like has a little like a ball on a string and he goes and he kills dinosaurs? <laughs> yes. Um, okay. I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> Rygar. I forgot oh, I don't know what his weapon Ry- was in the oh, game. Oh, uh, yes, Rygar. He had the shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was yeah, it a shield? Yo-yo? I thought it was a shield. I thought it was like... Yeah, it's a shield yo-yo. Yeah. A shield yo-yo. There you go. Yeah. It's like Captain America before <laughs> Captain America. Yeah. Or I guess after Captain America. Anyway, sorry. So... Um, that they they hint that he reads a bunch of prophecies that that are basically the same prophecies that like a mm-hmm. a prince or whatever is supposed to rise up and, and save everybody from the long winter, and he thinks Rhaegar thinks that it's him, and you know he, he winds up getting killed by Robert Baratheon, um, but uh, um, yeah so yeah it is, it is weird that they're going back on that like so again that that's it, it has to come up at some point in the show again. Right, because why? Why go out of your way to, to bring that up, like like that, to make such a yeah. a point of it? Um, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense because really the show's not going to be about that for the most part, because we right. know what happened. And sorry, just yeah, and we're just really nerding out on it. If they knew, the Targaryens knew that this is the, the the threat from the north is real. Like, why aren't they beefing up the shit out of the wall, and why is? By the end of the of the Targaryen reign, there's like one outpost being manned, or what three, whatever yeah, it is. It, it, you, you bring up a very good point, Jeff. Like clear, clearly, <laughs> Viserys takes takes the idea of this very seriously. I I don't know that he knows that, like, like the wall is is that important. Like maybe maybe that's I just I I don't know. I'm just rationalizing yeah. like. Maybe he does like put a lot of work into it. Maybe the the wall is like supermanned, like, but there's not like, not like anything else they can do about it. Uh, maybe there's like not a wildling problem, so there's not really a lot of reason for them to go ranging. Like I I don't know. Like there'll be lots of reasons why. Like maybe maybe, maybe. he's sending up money and the Starks are just holding it all. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. They're not giving it to the past yeah. Like it is. I mean, you wouldn't know by the last couple episodes of of, of the show, but it is super far away too. Like. Like short of yeah. like riding on dragons, like there's not a, a good way to get there in any reasonable amount of time. Yeah, 
All right, I think we've talked about this for. Anything else you guys want to add? Um, nope. <laughs> maybe we'll dedicate a whole episode. We'll watch a few more. Maybe yeah. just do a. We could just cut off <laughs> this damn news and have it be an episode. Yeah. There's a I the the intro's cool. It's got the same music. I think that was a smart move. Uh, you're moving into spoiled territory, Scott. Hmm. It wasn't in the first. Episode. <laughs> it was not. No. Yeah. You sure about? Let's just you end sure it. about that. Let's. Uh, yeah, it's 100 percent sure. <laughs> just take one dip and end it. I don't know. 100 percent sure. <laughs> we agree to disagree, know. Jeff. Okay. Go watch it right now. I don't know. In other news. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we've talked about this at length. Uh, Alex, anything you want to go over? Nope. Jeff? Yes, let's talk about Lord... No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I did watch the first episode of Lord I just of the Rings. Re- yeah. <laughs> I we'll have not it. watched we'll it. We'll save it. Yeah, I'll save it. Uh, I did. The, you guys mentioned there was an extra episode of Sandman as we mentioned, so I did watch both of those. They're all right. The cat one was kind of whatever, but the other one was I liked. Um, yeah, people. I've heard different opinions. Like some people love, love the cat one more, and some people like the the other one, the uh, the Muse episode mm-hmm. more. I like them both. Yeah. I, I just couldn't get over just the guy killing a bunch of kittens. Spoiler alert! I was I couldn't I know. get over that. Fucking shit. Yeah. Uh, I went and saw Jaws yeah. in the IMAX theater the other day. So I've never seen it on the big screen, so that was awesome. Um, there was so one he of, needed a bigger screen? Yeah, yeah. There was uh, there was something else, but I can't think of it right now. So Yeah, that's it. That's it. I, I know, just about everybody Keep it quick. I know has watched Top Gun Maverick at this point, so I feel like I'm missing out. Everybody says it's pretty rad. It's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. Just expect Top Gun. Don't expect anything great or anything. Just a fun so, movie. I'm expecting Iron Eagle. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I've seen Iron Eagle once. I don't remember it, but it's good. It's a Top Gun movie. Don't think about it too much. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there was something else. I just I can't remember. Whatever. We were going long, so that's it. All right. Anything else? Nope. I think we're good. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First want to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.